What's up, YouTube Nights? Welcome to Lords of the Lombox presents the cover price top 10. Shout out to everybody in the live chat. I mean, we're only what, late seven than minutes. Yeah, we're seven. only seven minutes late, which means we're actually 10 minutes early. Seven so, minutes uh, in heaven. We were playing seven right. minutes in heaven, and we had to. Uh, we were having a real life uh, discussion about real life <laughs> things, and then it started getting depressing. So I said, you know, we got to get this show started on the road. So I got to find the most uplifting music I can find to play while you guys congregate. And you know what's always fun to me is uh, just say the word. You know what? That makes me that that's really upbeat. I hey. like it. So, you know, or fuck it. Let's go Doobie Brothers on them. Ooh. Ooh. Doobie Brothers it is.
Always a good one. Always that made me feel good, good after a really poopy kind of day. Shout out to everybody mm-hmm. in the live chat. <clears throat> Shout out to my man J2 Ramirez holding it down with the French. Mm-hmm. He was uh, kind of the hop on on the guest spot on last yes, uh, Thursday's Shaker Show. Did a fine did, job did, too. Yeah, did a fine job. And you do. And he, uh, once people come in the show and start doing it and start uh, seeing the books and uh, the scripts that we have, realize it's not as easy as you think. You know, right. uh, <laughs> you got to know how to read. Style, but, you gotta know how to read. That does reading is fundamental for those who uh, remember that old school commercial. Reading is fundamental. But the <clears throat> show is sponsored by our friends over at coverprice.com. Go to coverprice.com, sign up for a two week free trial or for the price of a McRib. Starting a um, McRib. Hey, where's that graphic? F- Shit. Oh, I should have. Do I have it on here? Where is it? Where is it? Uh, I'm going to put it on here. But yeah, uh, price guides, collections of trends, the top 10 list, the shakers, the movers. Uh, this is the top 10 list where we go over the biggest selling books for the week ending October 10th. Wow. 10, Oof, 12, wow, 12 days October. into October, man. Crazy. The show is also sponsored by good friends over at KRSComics.com. Use the discount code LLTLB to get 15% off any KRS Comics exclusives. They had some I hate to say fire, but they were dope books, and dope. Uh, they pretty much they all sold out except for the Ultimate Fallout book uh, that you can still get. They were part of the NYCC Virtual Con they had on Sunday, so make sure you hit them up. But uh, and as usual, look what they got dropping tomorrow. That's right, boys and girls. Aww. This is Venom number one by Stan Sakai. I do believe this is the first time Kara's Comics and Stan Sakai have done something together. Uh, yeah, it's got a little Scotty Young vibe to it. Yeah, Stan like Sakai, it. of course, uh, famous, uh, I do believe, Yosagi Yojimbo, right? That's Stan Sakai? Yep. Is that the same one? Or is that the yes, other one? Yes, it is. Yes, yes, Stan Sakai. So, uh, special time tomorrow, boys and girls. Uh, 2 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, okay? So, uh, make sure. Uh, this is a first for Carrier's Comics, and you use discount code of LOTOB to get 15% off this very interesting cover for Venom. Everything is uh, going crazy over Venom right now. I do believe this Venom is still available, too. Uh, this one's pretty gnarly. Uh, this kind of uh, what if Venom in the 40s. But, uh, but we're here to talk about Stan Sakai tomorrow, man. So uh, check out our good friends over at Karis Comics. Um, uh, uh, somebody in the live chat, I think Nathan Duncan reached out to me. And uh, he's going to be uh, – he has a new comic – that they're doing exclusive for that he wants to give away in the Lord. So uh, oh, nice. maybe next week cool, uh, he's going to send us some copies and uh, we'll see. Uh, Ooh, we'll give nice. away something on the Lord. So uh, Nathan, why don't you drop your info in there? I think I saw you in there earlier um, that they're doing an exclusive new comic. So uh, it's always good to uh, you know, help out the comic community. And, you know, this way uh, helps out our viewers too. You get some of this uh, gnarly new stuff that they're doing, man. So once again, this is the cover price top 10 where we look at the biggest selling books, not only in, it's like a, it's a mixture of units sold and the percentage of price sold, you know? So a lot of times people are like, how come this book isn't on there? So this, well, it's also, you know, it's gotta be a, it's, it's got to sell a lot of copies. It's got, well, it's got to sell copies, but it has to have a, a large price jump as well. You know what I mean? So, um, but you know, hey, it's our list. We can do whatever we want. We, we can do whatever we want. So, <laughs> so, as always, there's a runner up to the top 10. What do we have for this week's runner up? This week's number 11 is the Department of Truth number 13, the New York Comic Con. Javen Jordan published just this month, I believe. And this homage to Dr. Dre's The Chronic was probably the biggest winner of the NYCC's exclusives 
It sold 11 copies. It had a seven day trend of 136% and it had a high sale of 170 bucks for a raw copy. I didn't know this existed, but now I want it. Yeah, I need cool, this man. in my life. Any homage to Dr. Dre and the Chronic, of course, is still will never outdo the Dr. Strange uh, yeah. hip hop variant. That is, I mean, looks literally dead on. Plus, you know, Dr. Strange, the Chronic, Dr. Dre, it all goes in sense. But you know what? We'll give you, we'll give you, uh, you know, true, you know, we'll give you something. But uh, so apparently there was some NYC, NYCC exclusives that, you know, weren't just KRS Comics exclusives. So, uh, you know, from what I can tell, the show was a, a success. There was a ton of people there. So hopefully yeah. that, uh, you know, we'll be seeing a lot of videos pretty soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as far as, uh, I'm, I'd be curious to see uh, when because there are some haul videos from uh, the friends of the channel that the put up they put up. And I'd be curious to see how prices have changed, right? Have we, because we haven't had a really major show since the giant kind of jump in prices of comics. You know what I mean? I wonder if, if, if like, uh, booth retailers are, are doing that as well. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? I mean, just, I know Justin, because, uh, you've been to a couple of shows. Have you seen what's, these kind of mini shows are reflective of what we've seen as far as online sales. I mean, is it is are they just going off of their own, or or there, is there an accurate reflection? Um, I think it depends on the show. Like we, I was at that King Kong show here in New Jersey, which was put on with a lot of Instagram or YouTube people. They were selling books for you know to get rid of, and they weren't selling them at those high prices that we were seeing in like the beginning of the year. Um, I go to a monthly show here in New Jersey. You know, those prices are those big Silver Age blue chip books that you see. I still think those prices are out, but you they are dropping. A lot of stuff is definitely settling down to where people can actually buy books in the market again, I feel. Yeah, because I think another reason for the pandemic uh, price increase was the lack of shows, right? For, I mean, literally 2020, there was no big convention, so... Everything was being sold online. People yeah. were selling, I mean, you know, from, you know, from uh, whatnot, Justin Killen and whatnot, and mm-hmm. eBay, and, you know, uh, My Slabs, and uh, the, uh, the other one, uh, all of them. I mean, people are just, it's just, you know, people were at home. They had money to spend. And they were like, you know what? I'm just going to buy comics. And <laughs> it was a reflection of that. It matter the yeah. price. Yep. All right. So number the runner up on this, uh, the Department of Truth, number 13, soon to be whenever released on to um, whatever there's <laughs> I think there's a show being made. It's it's definitely coming. I forgot what it, it's Netflix or something like that. But all right, let's get to the top 10. Look at this. It, this one is just like Ryan's herpes. It just shows up. Every there you go. Now. Shit. This is an odd one, guys. So we got the Eternals number one for Marvel Comics. So we're less we are less than a month away from the film, which does look amazing. They just had the final trailer last week. The market is confidently buying up copies of the first appearance and excitement for the film as it builds. Last week it sold 26 copies, had a seven-day uptrend of 90% and a high sale of a CGC 9.8 for $2,200. However, this can't touch the highest sale it had back in May for $3,800. So as uh, TiVo was saying, the market is kind of starting to correct itself. Uh, when the trailer was first released, it sold for 3800 Can this book get back to that price? If not, then this book shows signs of the old collecting market where books hit their height during a trailer and then drop, but we'll see. Um, I don't think it's going to hit that high like Shang-Chi did, but... You know, at least, like I said, yeah. it's correcting itself. I mean, Shang Chi in a nine eight was like at the highest point, sixteen grand. Um, mm. 
But I also think, you know, this is a book from 1976. The Shang-Chi book was a bit earlier. Um, Dare I say, probably less people have it. And, you know, and the movie was a smash success. You know, you know, whatever people think it was, Mm -hmm. you know, it was, you know, from the Lord's crew was either we all rated it from like a 9.0 to a 9.6, which none of us have ever done on any movie that we've talked about. You know know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, I think, and it surprised a lot of people, um, you know, and so it, and I think it just crossed 400 million uh, globally, and that's without a China release, which is pretty amazing. It hit wow. over 200 million. On on the flip side, uh, Venom took a huge dip on its second weekend, it's, although it still did 30 million. It, it's, uh, you know, they have, they talk, typically talk about there's always a percentage drop. And if right around 50, 60% drop, it dropped even more than that. But then it had to go up against James Bond as well. So uh, just an interesting time in the movies right now where we're seeing big releases in October, which we normally don't get, right? Um, you know. And then this Friday, we're getting Halloween Kills, which I already got tickets for. That looks dope, man. Nice. I can't wait to see uh, scary movies during really uh, the month of October. But, uh, oh, did you guys see the Scream trailer? Yes, I did. I have not seen it. I saw it was available to watch, though. I'm kind of watching. It's, it's hey. It just goes back to the same formula, man. I'm glad to see they're they're doing it. I mean, when Screen came out, it was like a, it was groundbreaking because oh, you know they it. took the the slasher genre yep. and kind of flipped it on its head. So um, if you like haven't, go people Cindy. out there. Yeah, <laughs> and the boys go check out the. And before we get to the next one, uh, my girlfriend had never seen Hellraiser before. And so, uh, you know, we like to see Damn, that movie. scary movies. I can't handle that one. <laughs> and so I said, you never seen Hellraiser before? I said, Let me, let's me let put it on. And then, uh, dude, even I was freaked out. But I said, holy shit, I forgot how creepy yeah, the Hellraiser. It's super gory, too. Like, I mean, like gross gory. gory, man. But no CGI. It was like all practical oh, no, effects. Oh, no, practical. Yeah. And that's what made it so <laughs> gross. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's out there, man. So uh, good old pinhead. So Eternals, Love number that. one, coming in on number 10. Now, what do we got for number nine? Number nine tonight is Brightest Day number four from back in 2010. This book features the first appearance of Jackson Hyde, who later becomes Aqualad. This book is trending as Jackson gears up to take the mantle of Aquaman in the recently released Aquaman the Becoming series. Um, While Jackson uh, was... uh, I'm sorry. While Jackson's Aqualad first appears on the cover of Brightest Day number 10, which reveals... His initial partial origin, which is altered post-DC Rebirth, he doesn't actually become Aqualad until Teen Titans number 10, and that was published in 2016. Regardless, his first appearance of Jackson is the market favorite, and it sold 22 copies that had a seven-day trend of 113%, and had a high sale of 30 bucks for a raw copy. Damn. And on a side note, there's also a cover B for this. Um... I believe it has a Hawkman and Hawk Girl skeleton cover. Yeah, the so cool, is this man. is this because of the Aqualad that's kind of coming up in the new uh, animated series that's coming on HBO Max? No, is no, that- he's he's been on there since the first episode, the Justice, the Young Justice. Um, yeah, this is a this is a book that's this is so this is an organic thing. It's a it's a series, okay. Aquaman the Becoming. Where he's becoming Aquaman, he's going to take on the aqua mantle of actual Aquaman. So I All think right. it's pushing the there book organically. We love to see nice. that. Brightest day, I mean, you know what? There was great a day. series too. What a great yeah. series! 
I remember when DC was pushing like uh, Brightest Day and the other Green Lantern stuff and even the Flash stuff, which we really don't see anymore. It's all Batman, Batman, Batman. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, I hope DC dips into these other ones. Um, was it Brightest Day or Darkest Night? Which one is it? The 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 one that comes before or after this? Darkest Night. Yeah, is that first. is a that's a great series. Uh, that mm-hmm. whole crossover where they're like all uh, you know, um, it's like, basically you know, Marvel Zombies. Yeah, but you know, I think but done DC in the DC to, way. Yeah, they need to bring you know bring these other characters. You know, enough Batman, Superman, and and um, Wonder Woman stories. That's you know that, that whole <clears throat> huge trove of characters. They can Let me get with. a uh, Plastic Man movie. <laughs> you know let's do something yeah. fun yeah it, you know what i remember i'm old enough to remember the plastic man cartoon the saturday morning cartoon you remember that yeah actually yeah that shit was Oof. silly as hell but all right so number nine on the list is the brightest brightest day number four from 2010 all right next up is the book uh that's been burning up lately and uh man when this trailer drops oof. oh yeah this one was a pre-order and people we're only getting one. So Moon Knight number one, the John Tyler Christopher NYCC negative variant. So even though New York Comic Con has ended, many of the exclusives came from and just, you know, heated up on the aftermarket. JTC's negative variants have always been very popular with selling selling out constantly. This variant is no different. It's unknown if this will be available at any of the conventions. However, online retailer ReadPop made this available via their website the week before uh, which allowed this book to gain a lot of traction over last week. It sold 17 copies, had a seven-day uptrend of 159%, and a high sale for a raw copy for $185. Man, if you got one, you are lucky. Oh, and correction, it was called Blackest Night, <clears throat> not Darkest Night. Ah, there we go. But the Moon Knight, man, good stuff right there. I missed out on this. Yeah, Sorry, I didn't man. get it either. But you know what? I you sent can't win you them guys all. the link, man. There was a one place that still had them, and even though they said you could only buy one, if you bought one, it checked out, and it came back and bought it again, you could buy another one. So I was able to grab, <laughs> I think, two copies. So uh, hopefully they still this. send me two. Like, they don't say like uh, it was like uh, something called the hall dot com or something like that. Ironically, it was uh, John Tyler Christopher who's the one who posted it on his Facebook saying, "Hey, this site still has them." Uh, you know, and it was his book. And then uh, so I went over there and I was able to nab it. But damn, Roth 185. Holy cow. That is. But that is pretty dope, though, man. Um, but uh, so there was uh, some other sites. That's why whenever you see these exclusives come out, just do a Google search, man. You may see find some random website that has some for sale, like on, you know, in, maybe in Canada or uh, what is that? Seven, eight, nine, seven, eight comics or is in uh, the UK Beaver. or something like that. It's a bunch. Yeah. Yeah, so you never know, man. Just, you know, Google it if you see, and you know, don't go to eBay as your first thought and, you know, anytime that you see something because, you know, you may be able to find it on an online retailer since you can't throw a stone without hitting an online retailer nowadays. So uh, there you go. So number eight on the list, Super Dope Moon Knight, number one, the John Tyler Christopher NYCC negative variant. I still think his Witchblade negative variant is the best one he's ever done with the Day of the Dead, but, you know, what are you going to do? All right, what do we got for number seven? This is uh, for my man, J2 Ramirez, who's a big Deadpool fan. There you go, buddy. Deadpool, Black and White, and Blood, number three. The Stan Sakai, uh, one in 25 variant. This legendary artist, Stan Sakai, lends his skill to this awesome incentive variant, which instantly became a difficult book to find in stores. 
Due to demand and low supply, it sold 31 copies, had a seven-day trend of 144%, and had a high sale of 100 bucks for a raw copy, which I agree, this is a cool, cool cover. I like it a lot. I'll, like very I'll, samurai. I'll correct you before somebody in the live do this dance against Sakai, because then you know somebody's going to say, hey, Sakai, you, you know what? stupid. Sakai, Takei, fuck. I, you know, sometimes I... Even confuse myself. Uh, but that's interesting that Stan Sakai is doing other things now, right? I mean, because I, you know, I would Stan Sakai definitely has a cult following. You know what I mean? So it's good to see him doing mainstream stuff, especially uh, one in twenty-five uh, and this kind of mm-hmm. Japanese style that he's doing here. That looks pretty dope, man. But it I dig it. Cool. I dig it. Give me more Stan Sakai. And speaking of Stan Sakai, if you joined us a little bit late. Uh, you can get this Stan Sakai variant dropping tomorrow at uh, 2 p.m. Eastern, 9 or excuse me, 5 p.m. Pacific, on KRS Comics website. So there you go. We uh, you see how I segue. You like that's called a segue, boys and girls. So uh, that's going to be available <laughs> on KRSComics.com. Use the discount code LOTLB and get 15% off. Dropping tomorrow at 2 p.m. Eastern. All right, what do we got for? Hey, another one. Man, this Moon Knight book just will not come off this list three weeks in a row. So Moon Knight number three, as mentioned in the previous weeks, this is the first appearance of Hunter's Moon. It's unknown whether or not Marvel will take this character in other directions, but they've set him up pretty close to the good old Mark Spector. It's now holding another spot for our top 10. Sold 52 copies last week, seven-day uptrend of 93% and a high sale for a CGC 9.8 for $190 and a little uh, 50 cents right there. Good wow, book, that's, yeah. that's uh, 52 copies on the aftermarket. That's amazing. Um, and I think this is the one in 50. I think No, this is a regular like, cover. This is just no, regular cover A. Is it? Oh. Oh, I think the one the other one is the um is the, the one in 25, uh, yeah. Yeah, is the Virgin where it doesn't have the um actual logo on it. I have the one in 25 which is um which we don't have on this list which is still dope as well but I'm telling you the artists love drawing moon knight it's just the characters you know it's like artists love drawing uh batman because of his cape or spawn you know i think the same with moon knight they can kind of do the flowing cape you know they hated doing moon knight in his three-piece suit but you know give us long flowing uh fist of the conchu hell yeah Go go look at the Stephen Platt covers, man. I hope those make a comeback. I think they already are making a pricey comeback. So, all right, number six on the list is Moon Knight, number three, coming in at number six. And we couldn't have a top ten list without this damn book on here. What do we got? Well, here we go. Number five this week is Venom, Lethal Protector, number one, from back in good old 1993. Uh, So this is a little bit of a Venom spoiler. So if you haven't seen the movie, go ahead and skip forward or pause us or whatever you want to do i'll give you five seconds five four three two one uh it's not a big one so uh if you've seen the movie then you know that venom refers to himself as lethal protector throughout the film this caused the direct addition of this first issue of which the reference stems from to land in our top 10 once again this week it sold 55 copies it had a seven day trend of 95 percent and it had a high sale of 260 bucks for a CGC 9.8. And I also think it's not only did he say it, but I do believe in an, in an interview with um, Andy Circus, who was a director or somebody who was involved in it, saying they asked if they were going to be adapting the Lethal Protector. Um, which shows Venom more of a hero as it does, you know, in prior to this, uh, you know, in issues, he's more of a villain. 
Um, mm-hmm. And he did drop. So somebody did ask him, and of course, you know, the director was vague, saying, "Yeah, we can totally, we probably may do Lethal Protector, but you can't. You can imagine they did the Venom one, Venom two. Let there be carnage. That's another Marvel title. So if there is a Venom three, why not call it Lethal Protector, right? Yeah. Why not? I meant." Uh, I mean, for the longest time, this was a dollar bin book, and of course, there's the the error version of this too, which is forget about it. It's 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 way out there. But uh, for hardcore Venom fans, you know, um, you know that's that that is the one thing. I think it's the all black cover, and I think in multiple printings of it, there was like a a white cover gold. as well. There's like a gold one. Yeah, I think it's Venom Lethal Protector, but this is mm-hmm. a 1990. Yeah, so uh, I remember these. I used to have like stacks of these, and I would just—I don't know where they are now, but anyway. And I do believe this is a hard stock uh, cover as well, so it's a—it's uh, relatively easy to get a 9.8. Uh, it's it's wasn't 9.8 there an awesome. error book on our shakers list recently? Yeah, it was the, the black error for Venom. Yeah, yeah where it was like a, a you know a, um, the ink had bled over and it made it an all black cover. So. Venom, the Lethal Protector, number one. Uh, before we, since we're at the halfway mark, we've got 174 of you watching. I want to create a quick message from our new sponsor, MySlabs.com. Tired of paying 10%, 15%, or more to sell your cards, comics, and digital collectibles? How does 1% sound? Too good to be true? Well, not anymore. MySlabs.com is the web's premier user-driven marketplace for buying and selling slabbed cards, sealed wax, and now, slabbed comics and digital collectibles. So the next time you're forced to pay 10% or more to sell something from your collection, head over to MySlabs.com and join the 1% revolution. That's it. Join the 1% revolution, boys and girls. You want to just, all you have to do is it's 1% and then uh, just uh, your PayPal fees. So for those who are frustrated with eBay and the uh, the taxes they take out and the eBay seller fees and all that stuff, uh, and, you know, you don't want to do a, a live sale like Justin does and whatnot, then check out our friends over at MySlabs.com, man. 1% fat rate, which is not bad. They also have uh, trading cards and NFTs. Uh, and um, if you've been following the market, Marvel has been been doing nfts recently um you know which i think we kind of predicted i was i was saying yeah i was saying pretty soon there's going to be comic book nfts and sure enough there are so i don't you know i don't mess with it because i don't know much about it and you know i'm not going to invest my hard-earned money money on that but i remember when this first started it was with um the nba right was uh, uh it was like video highlights of 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 stuff and then the next thing you know, it became like artwork where it was like, even though you could take a screenshot of it, it's still, it has like an address to show that you are the actual owner of this particular piece of art. So, which is kind of interesting. We'll see how, how, and how much long NFTs stick around for it. I mean, I, you know, I don't know if it's a long-term play or not, but it's there now. So, all right, let's go with number four on the list. Here's an old one I'm pretty sure a lot of people don't have anymore. Fantastic Four, number 94 from 1969. So one of the breakout stars from the recent WandaVision show on Disney Plus was Agatha Harkness. This is her first appearance portrayed by actress Katherine Hahn. Fans of the show were disappointed when her, the lead actress, Elizabeth Olsen, was quoted saying back in June as she would be shocked if the show was renewed and it was meant to be a limited series. The good news is it's a spinoff series focusing on Hartness's character was recently confirmed. Details for this new project were are sparse outside of Han reprising her role, of course, as Agnella Hartness and the WandaVision head writer Jack uh, Shaf- Shavinoff 
serving as the writer and executive producer. With the latest news and announcement combined with the unlikelihood of a second WandaVision series, sales for this one has been blowing up last week again as her first appearance sold 36 copies, seven-day uptrend of 210%, and a high sale for a CGC 9.4 of $1,500. Yeah, this is like a double spec that's gone full circle now. Remember when it was first, she first, you know, uh, first appeared on WandaVision, then people started buying up this book and the other one, and now she's getting her own series. I My guess is it, it's got to be a prequel, right? It would be great to see her, like, how she became this powerful witch and, you know, how she... We saw glimpses of it, the flashback, when she's, like, uh, she destroyed the, the coven of witches. Remember that scene? But, you know, she's really... Yeah. She's been around forever, so it'd be cool to see that because, uh, spoiler alert, in uh, WandaVision, uh, Wanda's takes all of her powers away so uh yeah so that'd be cool yeah so well, there you a little go bit yeah. of a uh you know a little tease is maybe you should check out last week's comic-con podcast and we discussed this both myself and juan the comic goon on where this should land in the mcu yeah, yeah. There. check it out everybody magic users you know and she's uh she was pretty powerful before uh wanda went full-on uh dark uh scarlet witch on her and took her shit man but uh but that one scene where it was a flashback to the coven where she like kills mm-hmm. her mom and, and sucks all the other witches' powers out. Give me some more of that. I want to see that story. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so I have a feeling it's going to be a, a prequel, but why not? You know, they've done it with other uh, series or maybe going forward. I mean, come on. We got Doctor Strange going into the Multiverse of Madness and all these other magic users. Why not Agatha Harkness, man? Come on. Number four on the list, Fantastic, no, Fantastic Four, number 94. Coming in at number four from 1969. All right, next up is a super goofy book, but uh, it's uh, this was on last week, wasn't it? Wasn't this? I do believe it was week one or one of those weeks. Uh, This is yeah, this is Marvel Holiday Special number one from back in 1991, and in a recent tweet from James Gunn responding to a fan's question of. Any shot we get the introduction of a new character in the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special? He responded with, I quote, in my incredibly subjective and admittedly often odd opinion, we'll be introducing one of the greatest MCU characters of all time. This immediately sent folks speculating on who could this be (laughs) when most landed on the most powerful mutant in the Marvel comic book universe, Santa Claus. That's right. In this holiday special issue, Cerebro discovers the most powerful Omega-level mutant it's ever registered, which turns out to be this Christmas icon. It sold 41 copies and had a seven-day trend of 185% and had a high sale of 45 bucks for a near-mint raw copy. There you Damn. go. So yeah, uh, Santa is Omega-level oh, oh, oh. mutant. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, I guess people were just drawing the connection because it's a... So Guardians of Galaxy Guardians, uh, you know, holiday specials. Why not have Santa on there? Have you you guys remember that animated movie, The Guardians, where it was like Santa Claus and Santa was like this big buff dude with tats. (laughs) So (laughs) there you go. That's another proof. And then it had like, uh, I think it was um, uh, Hugh Jackman played this weird Jackrabbit character was uh, Peter Rabbit. Rabbit, And then Jack Frost was by Chris Pine. I love that movie. Mm -hmm. Actually, I think about it now. I really do. Awesome. I mean, the villain, the villain was really dope too. It was like this really kind of, uh, yeah. The boogeyman. Uh, that was uh, yeah. Jude Law. 
Yeah, a great, great uh, voice cast for the uh, Guardians, man. Go check out that animated movie if you haven't. It's, I mean, it's, it's. You can watch it with your kids, and I think adults will enjoy it too. Hell, I watch it by myself, and that's a sad reflection on that. my own personal. <laughs> no, uh, not at all. Anyway. Not at all. <laughs> all right, so Marvel Holiday Special number one coming in at number three from 1991. First appearance of Ho Ho Ho. Open up your dough, Santa Claus. All right, so uh, there was some news that dropped this week, and it's not that news because that will probably appear next week on the Shakers list. But this news really caused uh, the market to move. Uh, What do we got? Profit number one from Image Comics back in 1993. So it was recently announced on Hollywood Reporter that Jake Gyllenhaal and director Sam Hargrave are going to be teaming for Studios 8's Profit. Jake Gyllenhaal will be starring as John Prophet, a man constricted by Germans near the end of the World War II and subjected to scientific experiments that gave him superhuman strength. Hargrave will direct the film, which is based on Rob Liefeld's I Can't Draw Feet comic book. Mark <laughs> Guggenheim is going to be scribing for this from the good old CW's Arrowverse is penning the script. So that's actually pretty good because he did a great job on Arrow. This reignited sales on the Prophet Keys issues like this first appearance from 1993 on his ongoing series. Sold 69 copies, seven-day uptrend of 142%, and a high sale for $75 and a CGC 9.8. Nice. Yeah. Um, and speaking of Stephen Platt, he also did a run on Profit, which is just incredible. It's a, the antithesis of Rob Liefeld's art on Profit is when Platt took over and did his style on it. Um, there is a really cool kind of a chromium cover for profit number one that's a wraparound done by steven platt uh i think that book will probably end up picking up some steam as well but there's some good people and profit is an interesting story man it's like you know uh i think this was first announced like a year ago because i remember i bought like 10 of them for like uh, two bucks each right uh and but you know it's like news cycles right people forget about it and then but but once you get people attached to it like jake gyllenhaal people like whoa you guys must be serious about this then so there you go, man. Number two on the list is Profit, number one from 1993, and hopefully you make a profit from Profit. Get it? What? You see what I did? Ah, there? yes. So if Profit number one is uh, number two on the list, then it only has to be this book is number. Well, one. hell, let's round it out with two Rob Liefeld books: Young Blood <laughs> number two. This is the pink logo variant from 1992, and if you recall. Back in May of 2020, it was announced that Mark Guggenheim was set to pen the script for this film by Studio 8. That was the last time when it landed in the number one spot. And though it was trending for months, previous due to hints that Rob Liefeld dropped via Twitter, because he's really good at talking about himself, the market moved swiftly on this issue even back then though the price stayed relatively reasonable. Yet this news of Jake Gyllenhaal cast as Profit has reignited the market once again for his first appearance in Youngblood number 2, but in a much, much bigger way. Last week, it sold 126 copies. It had a seven-day trend of, get this, 157%, and had a high sale of $365 for a CGC 9.8. Yeah, so just yeah. look out for it because I believe it's the font and some of the background that are pink as opposed to the regular cover. Yeah, it's also <laughs> worth noting that the green logo also sold about 63 copies, but for a lower price, uh, around yeah. 135 bucks for a 9.8. Yeah. Go peep on my Instagram and you'll see I have two of these and uh, four of the other ones, and I think I have six or seven other of them laying around. 
Hell, if you were part of the Lords of Lombox auctions over the year last yeah, year, man. I was I was selling them sporadically throughout when because uh, I had got, I literally got like 12, 13 copies, uh, you know, for like uh, two bucks each. So you know, uh, hopefully you got them for cheap. Uh, and um, yeah, I, you know what? I need to submit mine because I have ten of these. I have ten of those uh, first Midnight Sun books. You know what? Time for the uh, the, the Tivo to make a CDC submission. Uh, oh there you yeah. Go. Uh, I, I'll ask you guys in the live chat, has their shipping times uh, gotten better yet? Yeah, there's this huge thing about it. Like, they're randomly selecting people for this new way of doing these grades. It's so fucked up. It's what, what do you mean? I've been waiting since I have books from April and then I have books from July, August, September. But yet, I've seen some people on Instagram. I think it was Discovery Bay. He posted books that went in in September already shipped out. It's like they're doing this new thing, and they said random people are getting it for uh, for grading. Mm. Someone did a message on Facebook I saw. So basically, they found out your Nemesis Prime and are like, push that fucker <laughs> back, right? That yeah, I got like 125 books. I got my invoices somewhere around here. I got it's 28 disgusting. books out right now. Jeez. That Dave did for me. Yeah, because you know I missed my window because right after New York City Comic Con, there's gonna was CDC and NYCC. No, they had facilitators, but I still think it was it's going to be a lot less than what they're normally used to. When they have a booth there, yeah, right. Yeah. But it's still going to be a large influx if, if facilitators yeah. were there, especially because uh, getting um, creator signatures and then getting slabbed and everything. So typically, I wait. I you know I remember during normal convention cycles, I always try to get my books graded like before huge shows like San Diego Comic Con or WonderCon or along those lines. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, anywhere where CDC has a booth. They get inundated with books, um, so you know that kind of pushes everything back. But uh, there it is, boys and girls. Uh, the top ten plus one for yeah, the man. week, ending October tenth. Uh, we'll October, yeah. man, I can't believe it's October already. I really can't. Yeah. Uh, actually, uh, in Southern California, we can finally start smelling, uh, feeling autumn a little bit. And then I see the weather report is going to be eighty-seven degrees uh, this oh, weekend gosh. with high fire danger. So yeah, we have that to look forward oh, to. It's great. fire season. Yeah. Dark Side Jenna, any last words? Hey, as always, Tuesday Night's Rock, 11, top 11, the best top 11 on YouTube, in my opinion. I may have a biased opinion, though, but whatever. I'm allowed to have it, right? Justin, any last words? Uh, Thanks, everybody. Make sure you check out the latest episode of the Comic-Con podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, like that guy has right now. Uh, Episode 39 last week, episode 40 this week. Sitting 40 episodes. Nice. Yeah, it was laundry day. This is the only clean thing I had to wear. So I thought I'd just. <laughs> oh, that's the excuse you're going to use. Yeah, you know, it's, what are you going to do, man? Sometimes I wear a Lord shirt, you know, and I'll just turn it inside out so, you know, you don't, it doesn't, you know, you, you do that with dirty. Sh- anyway, that's another story for another time. <laughs> but hey, thanks for joining us, boys and girls. We'll be back Thursday for the Shakers of the Week. And don't miss Sunday for part two of the uh, Disney Plus series leaks that were gotten from a man mm-hmm. Michael Sutton. Last Sunday was a huge show. 250 of you were in the live chat. Uh, drop some nuggets. If you haven't seen that, go peep out Sunday. We're going to do it again this Sunday, 5 p.m. And he got another list for we're going to do part three after that, and that one is mutant-related. He's got a sh- uh, early list of shows that Marvel is developing for uh, mutant mutant characters or X-Men characters, so don't, don't miss out the Sunday is for the next two weeks, so Sunday at 5 p.m. we'll be doing it. But this sad Thursday at uh, 6 p.m. we'll be going live with the Shakers List. Until then, boys and girls, keep digging in them long boxes. Peace out.